Hello and welcome to another Wednesday One-Shot, the series where we share a bonus story with you to help you get through the week. This time around, we have a story by a listener named Pickle Bear. This story took place in the early 90s when I was a young and incredibly naive 17-year-old high school senior. I worked as the quote-unquote shoe girl at a discount department store. Due to my school schedule, I mostly worked evenings and weekends. The shoe department was on a perimeter wall of the store with a narrow two-story stockroom located behind the sales floor. The stockroom was more of a glorified hallway. It was gloomy and claustrophobic due to the cases of stock that lined the walls from floor to ceiling. The second floor was mainly reserved for old stock, damages, and mismatches. As a last resort, we would occasionally place cases for upcoming promotions in this area, which meant dragging heavy cartons up and down a narrow wooden staircase. It was not fun, nor was it safe. Also upstairs, there were one-way glass windows used by asset protection associates to watch for shoplifters. This was a time before most stores were equipped with security cameras. There were several ways to get into the upstairs stock area, as it was essentially a mezzanine that surrounded three of the perimeter walls of the store. This meant that the asset protection team could be up there without you realizing they were even there, until they screamed at you, turn off the lights. Whenever an asset protection associate was upstairs watching shoppers, the lights had to be off, otherwise shoppers would be able to see who was watching. For this story, we'll say that the asset protection manager's name was Johnny. Johnny was in his mid to late 20s and seemed fairly nice. In the beginning, though, my gut kept telling me that there was something off about him. He seemed unreasonably cocky, and he had very unsettling eyes. His eyes were the kind that seemed to look through you, not at you. It was creepy. But as a young southern lady, I was raised to be friendly and always smile at people, so I kind of shrugged this one off. One evening, I was working in my department by myself and needed to stock some items for an upcoming promotion, which meant I had to go upstairs. On my way up, I could hear something rustling in the dark. I asked if there was somebody up there, and it turned out to be Johnny. He said, Hey, come up here. I need you to help me keep an eye on these people for a second. I was like, sure. So I went up. He led me over to one of the windows and pointed to a group of people to watch while he walked to a different window for an alternate vantage point. His hopes of a bust were dashed after just a few minutes and he walked back over to the window that I was watching from and sat down on a tall stool next to me. Then suddenly, without warning, he wrapped his arms around my waist and pulled me against him onto his lap. He then said, I've been waiting to do this. He then tried to kiss me on the lips and then pulled my hips against his. As I was trying to pull away from him, he ended up kissing my neck. I got away from him and I fled down the stairs as fast as I could, fumbling in the dark. I was trying not to fall down the stairs in the process. Traumatized, scared, and embarrassed, I wondered what I had done to make him believe this was what I wanted. In the early 90s, 
we didn't talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. And being young and naive, I didn't fully grasp the weight of what had just happened to me. I was scared and unnerved because I knew that he could be lurking upstairs watching me from one of those windows and I would never have known it. I wondered if he had been watching me and how long it might have been going on. I felt so violated as I stood immobile on the sales floor. That night when I went home, I told my mom what had happened. I remember trying to downplay the incident because I wasn't exactly sure of what I had just experienced. She was furious and told me that I wasn't going back to work as long as Johnny worked at that store. She called the store manager the next day. I was never completely sure of what she said to him, but I can only imagine what my mama bear, who was a date rape survivor, promised would happen if Johnny remained at that store. What Johnny did was wrong, but I was still ashamed and worried about what I would be faced with upon my return to work. Ultimately, Johnny faced no real consequences for his actions. He was sent to work in a different store, and I had to deal with having the reputation of a stupid shoe girl who led Johnny on and got her mom involved. I was dealing with victim blaming before knowing what victim blaming was. I trudged on through work and school and graduated a few months after the incident. Then I started working full-time as I prepared to start school at a local university in the fall. As luck would have it, my luck anyway, the third week after starting my classes I was walking around campus, still easing my way into the quasi-adult life and who would I lock eyes with? Nobody but Johnny. Of course. He stood still, his eyes beaming, his hate into me. Absolute horror and all the emotion of his violation came barreling back into my body. I left campus crying that day and never returned to the sociology class that I was on my way to when I saw him. I just wanted to do everything in my power to avoid my chances of seeing him around. I quit going to school since I couldn't bear the thought of seeing Johnny again and I can gladly say that I never did. So Johnny, let's keep it that way. Let's never meet again. Thank you to Pickle Bear for sharing that story. If you have a story to share, make sure you send it to letsnotmeetstories at gmail.com. We'll see you all next week for a full episode of Let's Not Meet. Everyone stay safe. <laughs>